Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Simon Rich is an American humorist who's from New York City and has accomplished quite a lot in his 34 years on this planet. Rich has written for Saturday Night Live, Pixar, and The Simpsons, and he was named showrunner when FXX adapted one of his short story collections for their now-finished series, Man Seeking Woman. Some of his other story volumes include Spoiled Brats and Ant Farm, and he is a frequent contributor to The New Yorker. Rich's latest short storybook is called Hits and Misses, an incredibly smart and funny meditation on measures of success and expectations based on internal and external pressure, and it's available now via Little Brown and Company. Simon and I connected a little while ago to talk about things like Los Angeles and Toronto, Adolf Hitler, the kinks and the magnetic fields, his penchant for short-form writing and sketches, show business generally, this new book hits and misses, his future plans, and much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creative control, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in, in Hamilton, this is the 434th episode of Creative Control, Featuring the brilliantly funny Simon Rich with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Now that you've made me want to die, you tell me that you're unboyfriendable, and I could make you pay and pay, but I could never make you stay. Not for all the tea in China Not if I could sing like a bird Not for all North Carolina Not for all my little words Not if I could write for me Hi Simon, how's it going? Good, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. Where in the world are you today? Uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. How are things going there? 
Things are going well, thank you. Uh, very sunny day as uh, as usual. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Toronto, um, and uh, I miss it. it I, I haven't been back in a little while. That's right. You, uh, I believe, your series, uh, Man Seeking Woman, uh, is what uh, was. What, is it still in Toronto? Or is it done? What I, I don't know what's going on with your show. That's a bad way to start. <laughs> I apologize. It's all good. Uh, the The show sadly is no more. But we uh, we ha- we uh, did three seasons, and all of uh, all of them were filmed in uh, in and around Toronto. That's right. With with uh, Canada's own Jay Jay Baruchel. That's right. Yeah, and this was based on a, a collection of short stories, correct? Yes, yes. The show was uh, called Man Seeking Woman, um, and uh, yeah, it was based on a, a book I wrote. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and. Uh, great Canadian crew and and uh we're very fortunate to get 80 percent of the kids in the hall to appear in it which was uh, <laughs> which was really exciting for me as a huge uh, lifelong fan and um yeah it was a great experience now uh is it unusual for a, a tv series to be uh, adapted from a collection of short stories it seems to me that it is is that what do you make of that the fact that that happened yeah it it, it is pretty unusual um and from the very beginning, you know, I I'd kind of made a, a, a hard decision, which was to not do that book as a to not adapt it as a as a sketch show, because that's sort of the temptation when you have a bunch of stories that are maybe thematically linked, but uh, in all different genres, you know, and, and, and about all different characters. The, the, the logical thing is, well, I'll just do a sketch show and, and just change it up every five minutes. But I was really determined, especially with 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 Jay as the lead to try to create something that was cohesive and narratively propulsive and, and character driven. And so uh, we did it as a, as a proper romantic comedy. We, we kept the characters consistent and we just uh, changed up uh, the, the sort of the genre. It was a weird show, man seeking woman. Um, you know, it was, it was full, it was full, of, full of, you know, monsters and time travel and space aliens and robots but um, they were all kind of used. Uh, all the all those supernatural hooks were used as as uh, as metaphors to kind of show what was going on uh, to our protagonist emotionally. Right. So, did you do a thing where almost all of the short stories became? I mean, some of them I don't think could work. But you you tell me. Did you do a thing where almost every one of the short stories became an episode of the show? Uh, no. because uh, yeah, like you know, not everything is readily adaptable for the screen a, a lot of what i do um especially with fiction is is uh I'll, I'll sometimes parody specific styles you know and um and and uh so, so a lot of the success of some of the stories is dependent on like uh, the the prose itself you know when you're mm-hmm. doing a when you're when you're parodying you know lewis carroll um it's like the degree to which you can imitate the 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 prose is like that that's that's the most important aspect of it so it, when you when you have actors doing it all of a sudden it, it kind of loses something yeah, um absolutely so yeah. so yeah so i only only about i would say a quarter of the stories ended up uh on the screen and and we burned through them pretty quickly by the end of the first season we had completely run out of material from the book <laughs> so what what you just had to read you had to start writing a, a new yeah, and that's the fun part, you know, um, is, is working, you know, working with the writing staff and, and working with talented people and, and just kind of taking that that same strategy and uh, coming up with uh, new ways to employ it. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about your penchant for writing short stories and short story collections. But I, I do want to, uh, before I do that, I want to ask you something that I, I don't think I've ever said to a guest on this show, uh, which is that you seem to have a thing for Hitler. 
<laughs> yeah, it's H- true. Hitler becomes a uh, has become this. You, I don't want to say you're you're normalizing Hitler, but you seem to have this notion that he might be a normal 124 year old man at some point. <laughs> Is that <laughs> right? Fair? Right? Is that fair? Well, I I definitely have written about Hitler in most of my books, if not all. Um, you know, obviously a very interesting character. Um, no, 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 me, no, let's just follow up on that. What is interesting to you about Adolf Hitler? Well, I mean, he's, you know, arguably the, the most evil person in human history. That's you know? true. I've, yes, that's... I've, I've always been interested in, in extremes of all kinds, you know, um, and uh, it, it, growing up as a fan of, uh, you know, Stephen King and, you know, Ray Bradbury, uh, I I always liked character fictional characters that were extreme in some way, right. um, and then occasionally history itself uh, generates a character that's you know as extreme, uh, if not more extreme, than anything you find in fiction. And when when uh, you know when one of those characters appears in real life, it's hard not to be fascinated by them. Absolutely, but you I mean I, I when I when I read your depictions of Hitler, I just picture him walking down a street in Brooklyn. And that's right. Well, that's one story. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the there's a uh, the pilot of Man Seeking Woman is is adapted um, from a, one of my stories where a, a guy finds out that his uh, his ex girlfriend is dating this much older, wealthier guy, um, <laughs> and he is really upset. Um, especially when he finds out that he is, in fact, Adolf Hitler, who uh, in the story um, uh, faked his death after World War II and escaped to Buenos Aires and is now a 127-year-old man dating his ex-girlfriend. And he's especially upset because all of his friends seem to think that this Hitler guy is actually pretty cool when you get to know him and has funny stories and... uh, he's the only one who seems upset by it. And uh, it's just sort of a metaphor for um, how sometimes when you love somebody and they've moved on, you uh, you feel very isolated and lonely in your hatred of that new person, you know, because uh, yeah. uh, and, and your friends don't always take your side. So that that's very much what that show Man Seeking Woman was all about, was kind of coming up with uh, ways to talk about dating and love and relationships uh, in, in a way that while not like realistic and accurate uh was was uh, at least emotionally honest you know it was always our, our goal was always to write about love not the way that it happened but the way that it felt yeah no that 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 comes across in in your writing i i i often speak with uh, musicians and and writers and when i'm talking to them about the work that they've put out into the world you know the things they've expressed i try to get to whether or not any of those stories or song ideas are drawn from personal experience. So I, I must yeah. ask, just to follow up on what we were discussing, have you encountered uh, Hitler or a Hitler-like figure who has kind of disrupted your, your love life or your life generally? Oh, I mean, everything I've ever written is autobiographical, for sure. I, I don't know how an author could write something authentic that wasn't based on their own experiences. Um I think that uh, my my own personal life and my own you know autobiography it's pretty pretty boring. Um, nothing unusual really has happened to me. Um, but every person on earth has has felt you know the same kind of palette of human emotions, right? We've all felt, I think, 
uh, things like bitterness and jealousy and 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 longing and sadness and loneliness and sure. and frustration frustration and joy and excitement and and you know you 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 look you you start from a place of uh, kind of self reflection and uh, then you try to come up with a story that will dramatize how you felt you know and or how you felt in your life and you just hope that other people will say hey yeah I've been there. Now, That's the whole goal. Right. And, and so you've drawn from real life experiences, but then you've created, you often create, I should say, these surreal sort of worlds, you know, like it seems yeah. like relatable, but, you know, I, I loaned uh, your latest book that, you know, one of the reasons we're talking today is because you have this great new collection, uh, Hits and Misses. By the way, I loved it. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. And I loaned it to my wife. We just got back from a vacation and I loaned it to her and so we're reading and she just would giggle incessantly she just uh, and that doesn't happen very often it's to make someone uh you know to write something where someone is just laughing out loud uh i, I think that's that's you, you've done a, re- a remarkable thing and i really appreciate it and tell her thank you for me too i will i will for sure but this is this is the thing like i mentioned the hitler thing and i don't want to dwell on hitler because you know i think we've we've been talking about hitler for some time not yeah, just, we can dwell, we, we can dwell on Hitler. Well, not just you and me. I mean, as a society, we we talk about Hitler a lot. But you've done a thing in this book with Hitler where you've taken uh, it's the 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 story is called Adolf Hitler, the GQ profile, which uh, I just thought was a, a really brilliant way of of talking about Hitler and taking these kind of magazine templates, you know, these yes. character profiles, <laughs> yes. which are, are rather ridiculous. And, and it's just a magical thing. What exactly is it as simple as that? You just thought, like, what if I what if I applied these kind of, you know, character portrayals and, and just made it about Hitler? I mean, that's yeah, that's the, it is as simple as that <laughs> uh, with that piece. Um, uh, that that was that's a pretty straight ahead uh, satire for sure. But yeah, as you said, it's like, um, these celebrity profiles—they're so—they're so formulaic and they're so vacuous, um, and and yet uh, you can't help but be sucked in by them. Yeah. There's something very there's something very seductive about the way that they, you know, purportedly demystify celebrity. And this book, Hits and Misses, is very much a book about you know about success and failure, and to a certain extent, you know, uh, celebrity. So I wanted to uh, uh, kind of write a piece that was the, the, that 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 got at kind of the emptiness of celebrity, and so I thought, uh, what better, you know, what's emptier than a celebrity profile, and uh, and to kind of ex- try to expose that that uh, that that template, as you said, I, I thought, you know, gosh, these these profiles are so ridiculous. Even if it were Hitler, they would still try to imbue him with some kind of uh, you know value and worth. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. And so it kind of wrote itself. Yeah. No. There's a and there's a, it's a strange like you've been you you say you're in Los Angeles uh, today. Why are you in Los Angeles? Is that where you've been living lately? Yeah, I, I moved out here fully uh, a couple of years ago, and I think that really um, uh, affected my writing. Um, you know, uh, that most of my uh, story collections. Uh, at least you know on a, on a on a superficial level they were very new york based i mean the stories were often set in new york um and uh hits and misses uh i mean like all my books it kind of jumps all over the place and you know some are set in ancient and you know in, in uh, ancient jerusalem and and uh some are set in you know uh, uh revolutionary era america and you know there is it's all over the place but um 
uh, a lot of the stories are set in, in, in L.A. Um, and, and I think that's just, you know, I'm an autobiographical writer, as I said, and I, I can't help but be influenced by, by where I'm living. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to go through your, your resume too much here, but you, you are imbued within show business by this point. You've written for Saturday Night Live and you've uh, to pick with Pixar, The Simpsons, uh, and you've had your own series. Are you a little jaded? And you're young. You're still a young guy, right? You started young. Right, I started. I started young, and I've been now doing it for yeah over ten years. The the sort of show business thing. And uh, are, are you at uh, this? Are you at this point a little like jaded about it, or are you still like, what the hell is wrong with everyone? Like, how how are you dealing you know, with it? Yeah, I I I love it. Obviously, you know, I I I I feel really fortunate to get to write stories for a living, and you know, both in in book form and for the screen. It's one of my favorite. You know, it's my favorite thing to do in the world, and so. I feel mostly gratitude. And uh, what's interesting is I, I always wanted to write a book about show business and to write a book about subjects like like fame and uh, and and success and and uh, celebrity. But I always was a little bit anxious to do it because I was worried it wouldn't be relatable to people outside of the industry. And then it, with the advent of social media, it kind of gradually occurred to me in the last few years that everyone kind of knows in 2018, to a certain extent, what it means to deal with issues of celebrity. You know, you have a situation where teenagers are working hard to, to figure out their social media brand, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, a, a, a typical child poses for more photographs than uh, a major movie star would have, you know, 50 years ago. Um, and and we're, we're living in this time where there's really no escape from public scrutiny. Um, you don't have to be living in Hollywood and pursuing, you know, movie star dreams in order to know what it's like to have strangers making fun of you, for example, because yeah. of the way you, because of the way you look or because of something you said. So, so uh, in a, there's a, a big fan of this band, uh, the kinks and, um, Ray Davies has this great line where he says, everybody's in showbiz, it doesn't matter who you are. And I think that that's, you know, uh, more true now than ever. I like that you said this band, The Kinks, like there was some new underground rock band that we may not have heard of. Well, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how young your listeners are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, The Kinks might be coming back, I heard. The Kinks might be coming back. I saw that. No, it's exciting. I mean, I think, you know, I think... Um, to, to to me, Ray Davies is the is the great English songwriter. Yeah, no, he's un, unbelievable. You are. Uh, I don't mean to jump all over the place, but you are a pretty massive music fan. I understand that. Uh, like, I will tell you that my wife and I, who I alluded to earlier, our our first dance wedding song was a Magnetic Field song. Oh, which one? It's only time. Oh, nice. Yeah, Beautiful. so I'm a big. That's from the record. I. I know you're you're particularly fond of sixty nine love songs, right? I love Six Nine Love songs. I love I too. Um, uh, I don't believe you is what maybe my favorite song on that album. Yes, it's and uh, yeah, Stephen Merritt's great. A lot in common with Ray Davies. I got to meet Merritt one time. Yeah, and uh, I asked him what he thought of Ray Davies, just because I'm always curious when you meet one of your heroes. You know, it, it's fun to ask him about your other heroes to sure. see if there's any kind of like triangulation. And he 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 didn't seem to really go for the Kinks that much, which was disappointing to me. But you know. It is what it is. He, uh, I've interviewed Stephen a, a few times, and I've written some biographical, uh, longer biographical, uh, at least one longer biographical piece about him and his life. And uh, I think he is, uh, uh, you know, he is one of our most endearing contrarians, generally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and just a, a 
beautiful, beautiful songwriter. Absolutely, and, um, yeah. And a huge, huge inspiration on me because, um, you know, even even though I'm not a professional musician, um, the you know, with 69 Love Songs, uh, he was the, his goal was to come at a very uh, uh, universal, accessible topic, you know, love, um, and to come at it from as many different angles as he possibly could, you know, to write about all the vic- vicissitudes of love, you know, and, yeah. and when it, what, it, what it's like when it's going well, what it's like when it's going badly, what it's like when you have it or want it or used to have it. Uh, and don't have it anymore. And also, he was playing with genre, you know. And he was, he, you know, he was um, using genre as a way to uh, come at the subject from different angles. And so, you know, I would listen to that triple album on repeat as I was writing "Man Seeking Woman," and uh, it had a huge, huge impact on me. Well, he's also extremely funny. Yeah, and he's really funny. That's the Just... uh, yeah. He's really funny. He's not, and he's not afraid to write from uh, uh, unlikable perspectives you know um and, and i'm a big fan of uh bell and sebastian as well of course and and you know one of the one of the cool things about bell and sebastian is that even though their songs are often first person songs um they're the the protagonist will shift yeah. and you know and and sometimes it'll be a protagonist who's very hateful or yeah. or a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Or, or ignorant or naive or flawed in some way. And then, of course, Ray Davies would do that too. And, um, it can be very liberating as a writer to uh, to write from these kind of unusual points of view. And uh, a lot of my um, favorite songwriters have really, really influenced my writing, I think. So Stephen is among them. Is there, and you mentioned Bell and Sebastian. Is there anyone else? And Ray Davies. You mentioned a few, actually. Is there... Yeah. Those, um, those are the key guys? For me, probably, yeah. Yeah, I would say... I, yeah, I would say, yeah, the Kinks, Magnetic Fields, and, and Bell and Sebastian are... are probably the most significant i would say for me yeah um there are a bunch of others um but yeah in terms of lyrics like actually literally um affecting the way i write i would say that those are my biggest inspirations every once in a while you'll mention a musical entity like in in your work like arcade fire or something and yeah (laughs) and and you seem to have a, a sense of what it's like to be at a a rock club like you you you're you're an outgoing music fan i and and I, when i mentioned arcade fire i couldn't even tell if you and, and that's and i'm not ca- asking you to call upon it i i sometimes wonder if you're even a little bit making fun of indie rock and making fun a little bit of, of music and and the state of music these days um i love music you know and 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 uh i grew up around music uh i you know i grew up in new york city um I was in high school when, like, the Strokes broke, and for for a for a for a brief period of time, you know, New York City felt like the center of the of the music world, mm-hmm. or at least or at least it did to me. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my I was not in a rock band in high school, but a hundred percent of my friends were. Um, I grew up going to concerts, and uh, 
it's it's a it's a world that uh, I haven't really experienced, but I definitely like have vicariously experienced it. And so I think, yeah, a lot of my a lot of my stories are 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 set in the music world for that reason. It's just a a world that's always fascinated me, and um, and the highs and lows of it are so extreme. Like I I, I have a story in hits and misses called called relapse, which is about a uh, a, a sort of aging singer songwriter and she was a she had she was a one hit wonder you know she right. had one one song that that made it onto mtv and since then it's been downhill and it's about her kind of uh figuring out how to how to continue you know and, and, and deciding whether or not to keep pursuing art you know um now that the glory has passed her by and 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 it's uh you know, it's a fascinating subject to me. Yeah, it's an, that's another story where you're kind of mocking the celebrity infrastructure, so to speak. Yeah, hopefully with a little bit of empathy. You know, I, I, um, I've written about a lot of struggling musicians, you know, uh, has-beens or, or, or uh, musicians who are trying to make it and haven't quite gotten there and maybe never will. And I think that because the music industry is so hard, you know, and has been for, for so many years now, I think it it just makes for a very visceral setting, you know, um, yeah. uh, there's something very, um, uh, rootable and, 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 and tragic about, about, you know, an aspiring musician, um, and, and, you know, post, post, uh, Napster. Well, did you, in your pursuit of comedy, did you pursue stand up at all or were you always, uh, writing? No, I never really did. I mean, a couple of talent shows maybe in high school, Yeah, but, uh, I was never good at it. Now, why, why, why do you suppose that is? You seem like you have a, a, a performative quality to you. I've heard you on other podcasts where you're before an audience. You have them in the palm of your hand. <laughs> I think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, well, I, you know, I read, reading is is easier for me because it's so controlled, and it's you know when I'm when I'm just reading stories I've written verbatim. Yeah. Then then I feel like a little bit more confident and comfortable. But uh, uh stand up well, well the biggest thing is stand up uh, is autobiographical you know kind of by nature there are character stand ups you know who go on and play somebody somebody completely different but um in general the kind of idiom demands a kind of autobiographical openness or at least an illusion of openness yeah you know I, like yeah, a, a yeah. typical stand up comedian goes up and says the word i a lot i think this i feel this i did this um and i've never uh, it could be all made up yeah. You know, but, yeah, yeah. but 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 at least it's it's you kind of there's this expectation when you're watching a stand-up comedian that he or she um is telling you about their inner life and um i've always preferred to uh tell stories metaphorically you know to tell to tell i, I want to be authentic and i want to talk about you know my my real <laughs> private emotions because otherwise what's the point but uh, i've always preferred to kind of tell those stories uh indirectly and 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 through the uh the adventures of of, of uh characters that are not literally me well it's fast so, it's fascinating you bring this up because i've talked to a couple of stand-up comedians lately just about this this distinction between sort of distanced observational comedy or one-liner comedy versus mm-hmm. more confessional stuff sure right of course yeah if you're stephen wright then you're not you know you're not speaking from the heart you know about you know something that you experienced in childhood you're you're um you're making great jokes, and, and and that's another way to go. And when I did try stand up in high school, that is what I did. Uh, when I look back at when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old um, at talent shows, um, the few times I went up there, 
as a you know as a, a, a an amateur stand-up comedian i was definitely trying to do the you know the, the mitch hedberg stephen wright thing yeah okay so even even then i knew i was never going to you know I was never going to want to be that confessional guy. I, I've also never written a memoir. I've never written uh, nonfiction of any kind. I've never even written a, like a book review. You know, I really, really hmm. don't like to, to write literally about myself. Um, and part of it is because I feel like people would not be interested. Because right. like I said, my life is pretty boring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I haven't, haven't experienced any real adversity. Uh, I... Uh, I, you know, I've, everybody goes through the same, you know, things growing up. Everyone, you know, everyone has a bully. Everyone has heartbreak. Everyone, you know, has has something in their past that they don't, they don't, they they didn't enjoy. But um, but yeah, I'm, you know, it's like I look at a guy like David Sedaris. I I could read a hundred books about his childhood. Right. Um, I don't think I'd want to read half a book about my own. Well, that's an interesting aspect of doing public work or being a celebrity as well. I think, I mean, are you surprised when people like me want to interview you because of your work? Because that's what's, that's what it is. It's an insatiable need on my part. I would, I'll speak for myself. Like, I really love your work. I love your writing. I want to speak to you because I want to know what went into it. I want to know where it's coming from. I figure if I talk to you, I might get some insight on that. And I feel like I know I've talked to musicians and, and writers and artists who feel like I think the thing I made should be enough, you know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you, right. You've gotten to no, know I, you've gotten to know me a little bit from the thing I made. Why do you need to talk to me as well? Right. No, I, I, I for starters, I really appreciate those kind words. It really means a lot to me, and and um, I'm the same way. I love you know I I uh, I love reading about. Uh, artists processes I, I think it's fun you know i mm. i was i was watching an interview with ray davies on youtube just last night you know <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah i love i love that stuff um and i and i and i uh i'm i'm always happy to talk about it and i i, I hope um you know I, I hope i can articulate exactly what i do as a fiction writer because it, it's 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 hard to explain sometimes you know because it, it, i don't always set out with such a specific strategy and yeah. it only kind of in retrospect do i am i able to say like oh yeah i guess i was kind of doing this with that book yeah well i mean we've talked a little bit about your work here and i the one thing i wanted to ask you is this realm that you seem to operate in quite a bit which is short story writing uh pieces for the new yorker you've done uh, uh, sketch writing, I presume, for SNL. I don't know exactly what you did there, but mm -hmm. these yeah. kind of compact, short, sort of bursts of thought and creativity. Like, what do you know? Why you're you're sort of drawn to these kinds of this kind of storytelling, kind of that compact? Yeah, thing? I think I I think I do know. Um, although I, I, I only very recently have I kind of started to think like, why am I mostly writing stories? Because um, I have written a couple of novels, but I, I they're not my favorite books of mine. I feel like my my mm my most successful books, in my opinion, creatively are, are my story collections, uh, uh, hits and misses and spoiled brats and man seeking woman. Uh, those are, those are my favorites of the ones I, I wrote. And I think, um, the reason why I prefer short stories is because you can just on a basic level, you can take bigger swings, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, you can, I've, I have a, a story in my new book, hits and misses. That's, um, you know, from the point of view of Paul Revere's horse, right? <laughs> you know, I have a story. I have a story about uh, 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 an a father to be who uh, is an aspiring, uh, struggling novelist, and 
he finds out that his uh, his 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 feet his unborn fetus in utero <laughs> is writing the great American novel, right? You know, from inside the womb. You know, these are these are really big swings, and you can't really sustain them for hundreds of pages right. because it would start to strain credulity and 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 also kind of overstay its welcome. So you know, it's it just sometimes when I'm writing a novel or even a screenplay, like a feature lane screenplay. I feel like my arms are kind of tied behind my back a little because I can't like take as crazy risks as I can, you know, <laughs> uh, in a five-page story or a ten-page story. Um, and uh, it also, I think, just comes from being a fan of the form, you know, like growing up being obsessed with writers like Shirley Jackson and uh, I mentioned King already, but you know, or T.C. Yeah. T.C. Boyle or you know, Richard Matheson or. Philip Dick, I, there's something about the short story form where, yeah, you can you can kind of do whatever you want and um, not have to worry about whether it's all going to blow up, you know, 100 pages from now. Does, so, uh, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's freeing. Does it speak to your own attention span and, and interest in variety? Definitely my interest in variety. I mean, like, I you know, I, I, I love that in a single book I can, I can write, you know, a um, a, a Sherlock Holmes parody, uh, a sci-fi story, and like a western. Like that's really exciting to me as a writer. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of attention span, I mean, I do, I do love novels. I do love reading novels. I even love reading realistic novels. Uh, hmm. You know, I, I love Richard Yates. I, I, I love Cheever. I, you know, I, I. Uh, I have a lot of respect for 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 that that kind of writing as well, you know, like yeah. fully realized naturalistic writing. Um, it's just never been what I've loved making myself. I understand. All right. Well. Yeah. Well, uh, I, we're running out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to maybe cite because I mentioned a, a slew of credits. I don't know, and I I started off bumbling about how I didn't even know if you're. Your show was still on the air, so do you mind? Oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, I'm in Most Canada. Get, we don't I'm, get. I'm, I'm thrilled that you knew it was ever on the air to begin with. Not a lot of people saw that show. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to ask you to sort of, you know, briefly list what you're currently up to, current credits, and uh, also, uh, you know, things we might want to look forward to, and and within that, also where people can learn more about you, because in your uh, slightly self-loathing stature as someone who doesn't think they're all that interesting as a person. I feel like you keep kind of a low profile on on the internet, but maybe I'm wrong. So right, well, yeah, I'm not I'm not on social media, um, right? For that same reason of like, I just can't imagine that anybody would care about my literal opinions about anything, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or and certainly nobody would care about what I'm doing in my day to day life. Um, but uh, obviously, I'd be thrilled if people would check out the books. Uh, do, <laughs> do, very do, proud. Do, do I you work very hard? Yeah, I'm you, very proud of them. Do you feel loved, Simon? Do you feel like you have a, a fan base? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm, I, I, and I'm super grateful for it. I mean, you know, my, my, um, my, my childhood dream is to, is to try to emulate my heroes and, and, and write the kinds of stories that other people would actually want to read. You know, yeah. uh, the goal was always, you know, if I can write a book that people start and then want to read until the end, that would be, you know, the, 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 the great victory of my life. And so, um, whenever someone says I've, I've pulled it off, I'm really, I'm, I'm really grateful, but yeah, yeah I hope, I yeah. hope people will check out Hits and misses. That's my new one. Spoiled brats was was another one. I I, I like that one a lot. And uh, <laughs> man, man seeking woman. I think those are my. Th 
I've written seven of these things now, but I think those are the three best. Okay. And, and, and what are you currently working on? Are you still, who are you working for? What are you working on? Uh, well, I've got a TV show coming out soon based on one of my novels, actually, called uh, Miracle Workers. Okay, okay. Um, that stars, uh, stars Steve Buscemi as God. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and that uh, that comes out sometime in 2019. And I'm working on, uh, you know, what, what else? I'm working on another collection of stories. Uh, about halfway done with it, but it doesn't have a title yet. But uh, it's... Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Is it still kind of L.A. oriented, like celebrity? This oriented? one, no. That this this one weirdly is like, uh, how would I describe it? Um, it's kind of stories about about friendship, I would say, and kind of like uh, how friends can can drift apart, or uh, in some cases, uh, drift back together in unexpected ways, and sort of about the the effects of time on relationships i would say okay uh that's very vague it's very vague but uh but uh that, that that's i mean you know it's also about rocket ships and uh, uh rats and you know and and flying bats and the whole thing so so even though we were discussing <laughs> your your interest in variety and, and the fact that you can go in all these places with these short stories it sounds to me like you still like to have a kind of thematic umbrella for them oh yeah yeah i mean they they all come from a very you know simple emotional place and then as i'm writing about basically my you know my feelings my 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 my, uh deepest strongest feelings i just as i put the you know as i put the stories down they end up kind of jutting out in all these unexpected directions but but yeah they 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 all start from a place of like yeah what am i feeling right now what's on my mind today um and then you know instead of writing well this is what happened between me and this other person, I end up, you know, with, with with a story about, you know, a talking horse or whatever. Well, for what it's worth, for my modest perch here in Canada, I, I will tell you that uh, the, these stories you're writing, it's among the, you know, it's among the funniest and most brilliant stuff I've ever read. And uh, so nice of you. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I just, I hope you keep doing it. It sounds like you will be. And and is it fair to say that people can learn more about? Hits and misses at littlebrown.com or perhaps sure. perhaps even simonrichbooks.com? Yes, there is a website that Little Brown made for me. Uh, God bless them. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, or, yeah, or on, or on Amazon or any, any places where books are, are sold. Libraries, bookstores, just go find Hits and Misses and all of Simon's work. Simon, this was a, a tremendous uh, pleasure. I thank you for your time. and I know Thank you. you. Thanks I, so much. I really, I really appreciate all the kind words. Seriously, thank you. Special thanks to Claudia Gonson of Magnetic Fields and for Simon Rich. Simon Rich was just on the 434th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on Spotify, YouTube, and Audioboom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're you're looking for on any of those platforms, for just for some reason you heard about something and you can't find it there, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, should probably send one of those out soon. Please visit vishkana.com. That's uh, myname.com. And vishkana is spelled exactly how you would think it would be spelled. vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca or on an actual radio 
at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to uh, keep this podcast going. I I really do appreciate all the uh, donors and the, the pledges. And if you have never done it before and want to to support the show, please do. It means a lot. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again for the in-kind support that I received from the likes of Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts. Uh, thanks, too, to my friend Jim Guthrie. He lets me use one of his songs to end the uh, show. It's called The Rest Is Yet To Come. He took out his voice for it, so you know he cares. He gave me the instrumental version of The Rest Is Yet To Come. You can learn about uh, the real version of that song, if you will, the, the one with the words, and also... Uh, you can learn more about all of his stuff at jimguthrie.org, and I urge you to do so. Guy's a genius. jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and other episodes of the show and, and for subscribing to the podcast. It, it really does mean a lot that you follow the show however you do, and uh, I hope you will continue to do so. I have many more episodes left in me, I think. I think. I hope. Uh, there's more to come. Uh, and that's uh, that's all I have to say. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.